Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We Thank are you. Magic 102.3 and 92.7. VJ in the midday. I am Vic Jagger. Welcome to Grown Folks Fridays. And today I am joined by actress, comedian, author, Artist, okay, Emmy winning, Grammy nominated boss chick. She read it. Tiffany Haddish, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you gonna cut your camera on for us, Tiffany? Nah, I ain't, put, I ain't ready to be on camera. I thought this was a radio interview. Okay. So, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. When they don't inform me of what's going on, you gonna get what I think it is. And what I was told was this was magic radio, and so I'm under the impression we on the radio. Didn't nobody tell me about no Zoom till about three minutes ago, girl. So I'm in my radio attire, which is inappropriate well, for the Zoom. That's what I'm talking about. Shoot, you over there looking good as hell. Got your makeup on, face beat for the gods, head wrapped for the queens of all the Netherlands and the African lands and the Americans. You got your cute, you good sweater on, looking like a fantastic queen, honey. And I don't know if that is a ball or your knee, but it's shiny than a mug. Okay, that's your knee. Okay, you got the you got the latex pants on. You are ready. No. Tiffany Haddish no. on today. She not ready. Tiffany Haddish not ready okay, on today. So she's I'm, ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the radio though. She ready for the radio. And I listen. We could have did that too, girl. Listen. I mean, I see your DJ over there. He got his his hoodie on. He got his headset on. on. He ready. He been he been doing push ups today. You know he ready for this. I didn't I didn't know we was gonna be on the zoom i would have been like okay let me go glue on an eyelash or something at least at least wash the cold out my eyes you know i took a nap i know I get it. Up i'm ready already though i'm ready already it, it's all good um so i have a lot that i want to get to anyway so it's it's totally fine girl i'm with okay, it okay i'm here um, for you so, <laughs> so you know a couple of things that come to mind especially when you think of tiffany haddish is oh my gosh she's so authentic Oh my gosh, she's so relatable. And that's because you keep it just like right now, you keep it so real. And I think a lot of people can appreciate that. And I think that was kind of shaped when you were growing up as well. Um, and so let's talk about that. We're not going to get too much into um, growing up, but I do want to set the foundation for, um, you know, comedians, they go through a lot. And that's, I think, what makes comedians funny is that they talk about. Uh, their pain, the things that they've gone through, and they can twist it and make it actually funny. And so I know you, the the journey to getting to doing stand-up um, was a lot. But do you feel like that kind of saved you or that was like your therapy to talk about all the things that you went through and kind of turn it around and, and just make it funny? Well, definitely, let me be honest with you. At first, in the beginning of my journey, the beginning of this comedy career, that was my therapy. That's the way 
that well you know what let me tell you yes no because I started when I was like 15 16 years old mm. so talking about my life and I wasn't really talking about it all the way because I was still very ashamed still trying to figure out how to fit in you know you know I was a foster kid so being a foster kid is like oh that's taboo you ain't got no mama you ain't got no daddy like and now mm. as you know and, and as I got older I started to find the beauty the the thing is right the, the, the ticket is, and it took me actually having to go to psychiatric therapy to start realizing this, but mm -hmm. the thing that makes you an awesome human being is your adversities, is the bad stuff, is the things that like would normally embarrass or are taboo. That's the thing that makes people cool, right? That makes them like, oh man, you overcame that or you was able to do all this or you able to put in the work for this. So like me being a foster kid, it took me so long to be like, you know what, I'm I'm not ashamed of being a foster kid because at the end of the day, the government paid a lot of money to make sure I don't die. They Everywhere I went, people was making money because I showed up. I'm valuable, right? Yeah. So like, and then there's a way to make that funny. And it's like, you got to find the good in all the bad. There's like, in order for something to be bad, there has to be some good to it. There has to be some funny to it. I know so many people that are not comedians that talk about the times when their parents used to give them spankings or whatever or the times they got in trouble for doing something dumb or stupid and those stories be hilarious right It'd be hilarious like if you told a story right now do you remember the, the last time your mama disciplined you uh probably about three weeks ago <laughs> see oh uh, just the way you said yeah, that was funny you your, mama, woman. your mama will always humble you your, you know your family members your sister the people that are closest to you right they, they keep you humble so my mother yeah <laughs> she she will let you know real quick but see just the way you said that it's like yeah. i thought you have the memory of it it, it was yeah. hilarious that was fun. <laughs> it was like just yeah, three weeks like ago a little, i'm a little funny a little but it's it's <laughs> It's not hard for people to be funny if they're just being themselves, being genuine. I Absolutely. Think. And I think, you know, because you did not, you know, have your parents growing up uh, and in that comedy world, you know, was there someone that you gravitated towards that kind of took you under their wing as that mother or father figure? Um, because it could be very cutthroat. You know, in a comedy oh. game, especially as a youngin. So, who yeah. was that? Who were those people for you? I would say that, like, um, the owner of the Laugh Factory, Jamie Masada, like, instantly, he would always be like, uh, you're, you're like my sister, you're my little sister. But in my mind, that was my dad. And, yeah. and it's so funny, once I finally met my father, my actual father looked so much, was the same exact height as Jamie Masada. Same accent as Jamie Masada, same kind of haircut. Like it was hilarious, like how yeah. much they resembled each other. And I didn't even really remember exactly what my father looked like because the last time I saw him, I was three. You know? Oh, okay. So, so it was kind of so, like one of those, wow, for real? Yeah. Like, so then I turned 27 and I finally meet my dad and I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> like, here, here's this man that owns this comedy club that gave me an opportunity to perform who I have in my head made like my father. And he calls me his little sister and he looks out for me. And all the comedians call me their little sister and they look out for me. But particularly Jamie Masada, Tom Dreesen, Chris Spencer. Um, there's there's a bunch of them, Dane Cook, that really like protected me, put a like 
you know, guarded me from, because there's a lot of bad guys. You know, there's a lot of bad guys. Yeah. Especially in the comedy world. I mean, a lot of them, one got convicted. Anyways, so we just, we just, we just, (laughs) we thank God for the protection. And we keep in mind anytime that there's any rejection, that is also your protection. Hello. Absolutely. And you know, uh, a lot of people attribute Girls Trip as your breakthrough, right? Mm -hmm. But you've been doing so many different projects before then. Mm -hmm. Did you have an mama, well, you know, I made it moment. Um, within your career before Girls Trip, or yeah, well, you just having to be working. Like I'm just having to be working. Girl, I think I made it when I was on the Arsenio Hall show doing stand-up comedy. That's when I made it. And he picked me up off my feet, girl. He slipped me up off my feet. And then I licked his face and he tasted like Ovaltine. That's his foundation is Ovaltine. That's when I knew I made it. That's when I knew I made it. So what is what does success look like for you? Because a lot that success is such a you know, it's a different definition for a lot of people. Uh, one right. person's success does not mean success for the other. So what does success look like for you? Well, okay, so I, it took me, okay, so you know how you have, everyone has like this big dream and people go, oh, that's too big. You're looking, you're, you're thinking too big, too big out the box, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and people used to tell me that a lot of time. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna have this big thought, this big dream, this big goal, this big success over Mm -hmm. here and i what i love to do is find the success in the very little things every single day which push you towards the big thing because success to me equals okay success is not easy it's it's very heavy it's a heavy thing to carry with social media they feel like you know it it happens overnight no, um, no, it know, doesn't happen overnight. Viral moment, and now you know that's measured. You know that's their success. Yeah, and a lot of them fall off real fast and have mental breakdowns and end up on drugs and be like mm. popping for one minute and then they be homeless because they weren't prepared for success. They're not strong enough to handle it. That's like somebody saying, "Okay, they go out here, they want to be in the Olympics. They go out here and they run a race. They win that one race, right? That one race where they was competing against maybe some people that were pretty weak. And then you go to the Olympics and you're not ready." You running against people with Megan knees. They just that's, keep that's been that's been practicing every single day. That's been right. you know lifting the weights. That's been blah blah blah. So like so I see I see success as the fruits of my failures. Does that make sense? Mm, so like, yes. Yeah. So like yes. so like I make a lot of mistakes. I mess up all the damn time. I'm a human being. I make mistakes, but I learn from my mistakes, and those mistakes make me strong enough to handle the success. And success right. can be. For me, it's like being able to have a roof over my head. I've been homeless so many times. I'm like, I refuse to ever be homeless again. So when I wake up and I have a roof over my head, bam, I'm successful. Winning, winning, yes. Uh, And that's not cheap. You know, you got to be strong enough to pay that bill, that mortgage, that whatever, the property tax. Then it's, you know, also success for me is being able to have funds, enough fun. And I love that they call money funds because it's, it can be really fun if you do it right, right? right. So uh, to have enough funds 
to be able to afford the house, to be able to have food in my refrigerator, you know, to be able to communicate with the people I communicate with. To me, that's success, you know, and, and enjoy that communication. That's success to be able to provide for my family and their good. That's success. You know, um, I find success in so it's, it's so many things that equal success to me. Just being able to breathe, being able to pray, to have straight thoughts. That always the little things that yeah I'm most thankful for, especially because I was someone who lost it all and was able to get it all back, and so now they're like, "Why are you working so hard?" I'm like, "Girl, because I know what it's like to lose it all, so I want to make sure that I maintain it," which is a gift and a curse because you know you can't work too much and burn yourself out, which I have done, which I have done. But I'm glad that failure. I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson from that fail. I learned a lesson. Yeah, yeah, to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with, I'm glad that you said you admitted that sometimes you don't always get it right. Um, and I think that when you are coming from the journey that you had, and then all of a sudden you're like Tiffany Haddish, the actress, Tiffany Haddish, Hollywood, right? Not saying that you act Hollywood, but, but you're in that, uh, arena now. Uh, was there someone that had to kind of pull you to the side, like, all right, girl, here go the rules. This is what's about to happen. You're on this level now. So this is kind of like the order. Did anyone from um, any actresses, any artists ever like have that kind of talk with you? Let me tell you something. Jada, Jada tried it. Jada tried to have a talk with me. And it's a few, a few other, it's a few other people that tried it. And I'd be laughing to myself because <laughs> they end up having to go my route. They end up having to go uh, the just be yourself route. Just tell your truth route. Because when it's so funny when I first met Jada, she's like, you know, you in this movie. This is, and it was like after like a month of us working on the movie, she's like, you got to have this kind of wardrobe. You got to be wearing this kind of things. These name brand purses, and you have to be always looking good when you go outside the house. And you have to always this and you always that. And I'm like, that sounds like unhappiness that sounds like Hi. i'm gonna be broke she's telling me i gotta have this kind of a purse i'm a firm believer in never have a purse that can't hold like if it costs a hundred dollars i can always keep a hundred dollars in it if it costs five thousand dollars i always can have five thousand dollars in it if whatever i can always have in it that's the kind of purse i should have if i can't always have that kind of money in it i don't deserve that purse i need right. to sell that purse I need to not be spending my money on a purse like that if I can't keep that kind of money in it. But she was explaining it all to me. She was like breaking down, you know, how you should behave, how you should this, how you should act. And I'm and like, well, you were like, like, nah. I was like, first of all, you know, I've been. See, that right there, first of all. Yeah, first of all, because I'm accumulating, like my whole career, and like, and I have many points to make. I mean, I started in 90, you know, 97. So. I'm like, well, first of all, thank you for giving me your advice, for your tips, like for sharing this with me, Jada. You the best for that. But I got to this point where I'm at right now by being myself. I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going to digest it. I will use my discernment and figure out what works best for me because what I, I learned earlier in my career, in my early 20s, when I was trying to, you know, dress like a boy, which is not my style, really, uh, you know, not wear no makeup whatsoever, cover my hair up, try to make, have my, like, so people could listen to me. Because I felt like, like me in quarantine. That is, right. you just described me 
I was dressing like this, some, that I, was, I wasn't really comfortable in those clothing, but I thought like, oh, this will, if I dress me down, hide my figure, hide who I am, mm. they'll listen to my thoughts. I want these people to hear my thoughts and I want them to laugh. And it took some lady walking up to me one day and was like, why are you hiding who you are? I didn't even know this lady, okay? She came up to me at a comedy club. Why are you hiding who you are? Do you think people care about uh, what you got to say? Show us who you are. You, we here at the show. Show us. Show us. We at the show. Show us. And so I was like, uh, okay, I think I should just wear what I like to wear. Man. And so I started and I wearing what I like to wear. It was just like, I'm going to be me. Yeah, I'm going to just be me. This is a show. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to bring me to the table. Either you like it or you don't like it. And yeah. so, and, and it's it's easier that way. It just, I found things to start happening for me. And things became easier because, and it's, it's a difficult business because you're dealing with so many personalities and all of that. But it made it easier because I didn't have to remember no lie. I didn't have to remember right. a script. I didn't have to make up some salacious story and remember all the details of stuff I made up. If I just tell my truth, then I'm that's easier. And I'm not stealing because I lived it. And people respect you. People respect you more when that happens too. Right. Um, you know, when you tell your truth. Mm. Um, so one thing that I I know we talked about, you know, girls trip and that whole um ride. But that same year, you like did so much in hosting Saturday Night Live. You won an Emmy for that. Did you know beforehand that you were about to make history or did you find out later? If you go back into the archives of my standup, you will always hear me saying, I want to be the first black woman to do something. Every black woman, I don't care who she is, where she's from, wants to be the first to do something everybody black want to be the first black to do something and right. i don't know what i'm gonna be the first to do i don't i don't know what when where but i know i'm gonna do something and i know it's gonna be great I, I always used to say that in my stand-up and so that year the year we shot girls trip was in 2016 and halfway through that i knew like okay because Jada, Queen Latifah, Regina, all of them was like, this movie's going to be so, we're having so much fun. This is un unheard of for, for women to be working together and having this much fun together. This movie is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. As long as we got a good editor, it's going to be the best, right? And it was and so, amazing. <laughs> and so they were like, you got to prepare. You got to prepare. And I was I already have a plan. Like I'll, I have a like a five-year plan always. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to finish my book. And I'm going to make sure that come out. When is this movie going to be coming out? They were saying first it's going to come out February. Then they're like, okay, it's going to come out in July. All right, cool. So, okay, I'm going to make sure my book come out by my birthday. I'm going to drop that. And always it's been a goal of mine to be on SNL. So I'm telling my team, like, hey, if you ever get a chance to talk to them at SNL, see if I can get on there. Maybe that could be a way to promote the movie or something. Like, see if I can get on there. And so they started working towards that, right? They started working towards that in 2017, the beginning of 2017, before Girls Trip mm -hmm. even came out. And then I was on the Carmichael show. And while I'm on that show, you know, I'm I'm over there promoting. You know, I was promoting all kinds of stuff just, just to get make sure. You got to prepare for in 2016. I was preparing for 2018. And I had for for and I was preparing twenty seventeen, but I had already kind of had to like like it's like um in twenty seventeen I'm preparing for the end of twenty eighteen in twenty nineteen beginning right. of twenty nineteen. Like every step ahead of yourself, your own 
plan. No, I have an idea of what I want, what I want to do. Like when I got on Arsenio Hall, that was 2014, right? Mm -hmm. In 2013, I'm like, I got it. It's actually in 2012. I, I started being okay, on. Tiffany, now you confused. I Tiffany, what? Listen, 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 I'm about to tell you, it's 2012, come on, just ride the ride, just relax your mind and ride the ride, in 2012, <laughs> I started talking to my representation about, I want to be on talk shows, I need to start being, I want to do stand up on talk shows, right, that's 2012, I get on Jay Leno's show, and I'm on the panels, I get on Chelsea Handler's show, and I'm on the panels with other comedians, but I want to be doing stand up by myself i want to be doing stand-up comedy and they're like we got to get you know the exposure they think you're too dirty blah 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 so when i do those panels i introduce myself to the bookers i get those bookers numbers i start inviting them to comedy shows and i told myself by the end of 2012 i said by 2014 i'm gonna be doing stand-up on somebody's comedy show so 2013 all 2013 is doing panels doing sketches for these talk shows make building these relationships so by 2014 bam i'm doing stand-up not only on just the talk show but a show that i wanted to be on when i was a little girl back in the 1900s right in the early 1900s i mean the late 1900s in the late yeah, 1900s. my son what was it like living in the 1900s i was like <laughs> I, I got that from the kids because when I'm, I'm i'm on kids say the darndest things and the kids what? be like Miss Tiffany, you from the 1900s. What was that like? <laughs> I mean, want to say, shut up. You know. Anyways, anyways, back in the 90s, right? I used to watch Arsenio and wanted to be on that show so bad. Wanted to be Arsenio's friend. When I started doing stand-up in 97, I was looking for Arsenio, trying to link up with him, trying to be his friend. You know, couldn't never find him. Would miss him every comedy show. Then, boom, 2014 hit. I'm on Arsenio's show. And I'm doing stand up on his show. So it's like you have to plan it, you have to believe from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And and one thing that you did say um was that they thought you were too dirty in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And I was I remember seeing, I guess it was an interview, it might have been a video on social media where you asked Marlon Waynes mm -hmm. why he never cast you mm -hmm. in a movie. That's when, like, that's when I hosted Ellen. That's when I hosted a talk show. Oh, okay. Holla yeah. at you, girl. Holla and, at you, girl. And he was like, because you were inappropriate or he was just kind of giving you that, like, you was just doing a lot on set. Did you feel a way about that knowing now the real reason why all these years? No, I didn't feel no kind of way. I oh, felt okay. no kind of way whatsoever because I was still learning, right? And and here goes the thing, like, and I still do this today, but now I've learned how to read a room better. But I was daring, like, what I learned, I learned this in a, uh, a acting class that I took is like, dare to suck, like, never be afraid to make mistakes. Never be afraid to fail because you'll learn something from that experience, right? Which right. every time that I auditioned from them, I learned how to audition better. I learned more, right? So I appreciate those experiences. Why they never hired me? He still really didn't answer, answer in that in that thing, right? right. But but later on, you know, later on, because see, my friend, we talking about it. He's like, Tiffany, you were big. You were so big. It's like, how do we contain her? And I said, but y'all never even said, can you do that smaller? You never even gave me an opportunity. 
He was like, that's true. And I said, and then when I'm on the Carmichael show, you asked me to come and audition for a role that you say is a Tiffany Haddish type. You literally put in a thing, Tiffany Haddish type. I come audition for myself and you cast a white woman. What? So wait a minute. I'm I'm having Malcolm and Marie vibes. Like you put me on there, but then you cast somebody else to play me or do me. But nobody can do you. That's the whole thing. Exactly. And you that's probably the only why one that can do Tiffany Haddish. And that's probably why that movie did what it did. <laughs> Okay, so uh, 2018, uh, you have leveling up, last OG, night school, nobody's fool. I mean, you are like rising in in Hollywood. I do have to ask the the is there a big difference because we you know hear a lot of women talk about you know uh, the the difference in Hollywood between all right equal pay and discrimination and, and different things. Now you are in the comedy side of things and you're in the Hollywood the acting side of things. Do Is there a difference? Do you see that um, within both industries? Cause you're kind of getting it from both sides. Uh, they're both male dominated. Right. The men on both sides make more money than the women. And on both, you know what sucks is, and I was talking with some friends about this the other day, and it and it all it all goes back to, like, you know, uh, like that movie that Marlon was casting where it looked for the Tiffany Haddish type. They they started like we need more diversity. We needed diversity, you know. Mm. Okay, cool. That's cool because it was gonna be all black and y'all wanted diversity. Okay, cool. Whatever. And then you get to this other side, and what I have noticed is, it don't matter. <laughs> it's a male's it's a man's world right and like uh as a woman especially as a black woman mm-hmm. and and it, it, there's, there's a time that goes around black excellence it bothers the hell out of me that term black excellence bothers me why because because it tells us that we have to be excellent mm-hmm. but they can just be okay mediocre they just can be good and they still make more money than us. They still get more than us. Even though there's, you know, the number one moviegoers of viewers are black women. But we get, like statistically, if you do the statistics, because I'm, I'm a scientist, I want to make, if I'm going to get into something, I do the research. Right. And the number one people that come to, like women are the number one goers to the comedy shows. You know, yeah. it's all these things like it's women that dominate, but we are always paid the least. The we the number one consumers. Right. And it's such a double standard. But if you tackle that, right, being in the position that you are, the platform that you have, and you're trying to knock these walls down, are you viewed as difficult or stirring the pot? You know how those negative connotations I have no idea. I have no idea if they saying I'm difficult. I, I have no idea if they saying I'm difficult. What I do know they say is that I'm full crazy. They go, Tiffany is crazy. And they'll tell me you are crazy because I tell my, my team like, hey, can you make sure I get paid like um like I got a pink penis and I'm from Australia? They go, what? I said, when, you do, when you do my negotiations, Right. I want you to talk to them like I'm from Australia and I have a big old pink penis. So Get me paid you, like that. 
we saw you go off. This is when I just was like, this is why I love Tiffany Haddish. Uh, when you were doing that live, <laughs> when did I go? Doing, what was that uh, for the big game, right? Oh, a, a post show, right? You saw that, yeah. And the Verizon, the Verizon, which they were so nice to me, but they was it was yo, a little disorganized. It was a little disorganized. You were like, so they want me to stall. I ain't come up here to do no stand up. I came up here to host. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Tiffany is wherever she is, she is going to be herself. I'ma be honest. And so that's why when you came out and you kind of put the Grammys on blast, I think everybody <laughs> was was rooting for you. Like we were coming, like, hold on, no, y'all not gonna do her like that. And you actually got an apology uh for that. So is it all good? Like, do you see yourself um, you know, working and with the Grammys? Yeah, like like continuing that relationship moving forward. Um, well, yeah, after you know, I, I got no I'm not mad at them. You know, I'm not mad at them. That's that's somebody that they hired that thought they could get over, right? right. That thought they that thought like, oh, we're just gonna, you know. People be trying to work the system and make it seem like, look, we got her, I got her to do it for free. I got her to do this, and like right. holding out on certain things. In the past, people have been paid to do that same job that they asked me to do. You know, they're trying to make it seem like they saved the company money or something. But what you did was made them look bad, right? Mm -hmm. And you disrespected me in the process. And, and then there's other people, I guess, in the past that have, you know, just I didn't even want to get paid. I didn't want to be paid. Just the base, like I just feel like that was the cover, cover the minimum. expense of me being there. That's it. Yeah. Cause yeah. you want me to look good. You want me to be on stage for three hours straight. You yeah. you want me to be saying all these people's names, right? You want me to write jokes for it. You want me to blah blah. blah. You want me to do all this stuff, and I'm willing to do that if you just pay for the bare minimum. And that's what I would have done that if you would have did it for free, it kind of sets the tone for the next person coming along. So I commend you for being like, nah. nah. And that. so when and then they said, well, we want, they asked me to present on the actual televised show. And I told them, no, thank you, because they don't pay for that. Either. I said, no, thank you. But if y'all want to make it up to me, <laughs> like I'm cool, but I'm sorry. But, you know, if y'all want to make it up to me. Then um, y'all can hire me to host next year, and y'all can pay me what you paying. You can pay me a dollar more than what you paying that African man with that. I don't know what color his penis is, but he half white. So pay me what pay me with the white half getting on on that one plus a dollar more. Tiffany, okay, so a couple more things. <laughs> you like, oh my god, you like, oh my god, I cannot with nah, this one. But I'm being honest. Pay me I, what you I, paying I, I him. I, I I've been I doing comedy longer than him. I've been doing comedy longer than him. I mean, he got his TV show on that's on a regular basis, whatever. He got that international appeal. Fantastic. So do I. Exactly. And so you should get paid for that. Yeah, um, I want one dollar more because I bleed. Hello. <laughs> so talk about your um comedy show. Now you have Tiffany Haddish presents They Ready. And mm. you give other comedians the platform to really do their thing. Is that something that you um, wanted to make sure that you did provide that platform for other um, comedians to kind of shine? Even yeah. though you were, your name is in lights, you're doing all these other projects, but to really give 
others the opportunity. I think that is like awesome. Well, I definitely wanted to do that. You know, I saw what I noticed growing up, you know, back in the 1900s is there was a few comedians that would make sure other comedians got on. And when I started doing stand up, um, this one comic, Elon Gold, told me, you know, the most valuable thing you're going to have in your career is your relationships with other comics. They're going to make sure you make money. They're going to know about shows. They're going to have rooms. They're going to be able to make connections for you with different bookers and producers so that you can work. And like whenever I came upon hard times, it was always some comedian there that, that helped me out, that looked out, that linked me up with a show, linked me up with a producer, linked me up with, you know, promoters and different things. And I was able to afford gas, food, clothing, and finally some roofs, you know, like Kevin looked out for me. So I always would Did tell him. Did you give him my, that money? Girl, yes, I done gave him that money okay. back a thousand Did times. Did he give it back oh. though? Huh? Did he keep it? Yes, he kept that money, girl. He oh, kept okay. it. He kept that money, honey. Yes, he had been going back and forth for a while. Yeah, he kept a... that money. Okay. He got a baby on the way. He definitely kept that money. <laughs> Child. Okay, anyway. so you know you. So, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I I felt like I didn't finish the answer, but go ahead. Maybe I did. Oh. Well, you did. No, you did. Because, you know, you definitely are giving but back. I used to tell all those comics, like those comics that are on the show now, on They Ready, they would do things like put me on the show or something. I'd be like, one day, I'm, I'm, if I ever make it, I'm going to make sure I look out for you. If I ever make it, I'm going to make sure I look out for you. And then I would watch Eddie Murphy in, in his movies. He would make sure they are sprinkled with comedians. And I noticed that, you know, Adam Sandler did that too. Like you, you, you got your troop of people and you sprinkle them in there. I have not gotten to the power yet in my movies to be able to do that, to get to be able to put comics in my movies that I want in my movies. But what I have been able to do is, you know, I took that pay cut and said, well, we're going to give them comedy specials. And then you really get to see what they do, who they are, what they bring to the table and shine. And then they get that. And like the first season, almost everybody got their own show, their own thing going on. I'm really excited about everyone from the first season and the second season. Okay, so you just made another question pop in here about because um, you said you took a pay cut to actually do that. Um, do you feel like because you know, Monique is she's in the news and she has this whole thing going on where she felt like they were not paying her her worth to do her special, right? And mm -hmm. you just said you took a pay cut to actually do that. So was money just not a concern to you? Do you felt like you should have or did you feel like you wanted to fight for more money or you were just like, no, that's not what my purpose is for this. I just want this, this platform for the, let me, let me tell you like this. Let me tell you like this. Okay. okay. So they, they have offered me one set of monies. Right. And Monique, had, she has said what she needed to say. And I was like, you know what? I feel her on that. But at the same time, like you, you do have to prove certain things sometimes, but I, I get where she coming from. Right. And so I was I did the research, did you know, got a line producer and found out that it would only cost me this much. It would cost like sixty-seven thousand for me to shoot a special of my own. And I could put it up on my website and I could charge people five dollars to watch it. And I, I I own the whole thing and I keep all the money. And I probably like that's what Louis CK does and, and Jim Gaffigan, a bunch of these comics do, and they make a lot of money. A lot of money. Right. Just off of their little immediate following, not being on anybody's network, lest they feel like it. 
right? That's so, yeah. So, so that's what I told them. I said, you know what? I don't need y'all can keep that money. I'm gonna just go ahead and do my own thing. They said, no, no, Tiffany, we really want, we really, really want you to be on our platform. And then they offered me a lot more money, a lot. Now, my greedy side was like, bitch, we finna be <laughs> doing it, bitch. We about to buy all of South Central, how Let's go, like, yeah. <laughs> but my my genuine self the self that cares about other people was like wait a minute you said you was gonna look out and this is the opportunity right here which can make more money in the long run right this is the opportunity so i told them i said you know what instead of giving me the money let's give six other comedian specials and let's pay them what they are worth and when i say what they're worth i mean some real income that when they pay taxes they be like god damn you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like some real money and i'll only pick comics that have been doing comedy for 10 years or more that i know headline that i know can have their own shows that i know can work that i know are stars they are ready and i thought they was gonna say no to be honest at first i thought they would be like oh hell no nah. and they said Look, yeah look how it worked and out. i said i get to pick whoever it's my my pick my pick not your pick my pick i decide because it's my name and they said, that's and a they said, move right there and they said okay yeah you can have whoever you want and i said well all right then let's do it and okay, in well, the long run it has uh -huh. made me more money in the long run it has made me more money and i love that for you um one more thing that i want i have to get to because you shut down the internet Okay, when you did your silhouette challenge, now <laughs> I will mm -hmm. say, even my mama saw it and <laughs> me like, Did you see Tiffany had a silhouette challenge? And I was like, No, I haven't seen it yet. And I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is what it was trending and everything. And so, you and Bay was super cute. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to know how. Is it, I shouldn't even say how difficult, because it may not be difficult, but is it difficult having a relationship within the industry and with all of these different eyes on you and being as though you are who you are and you don't care, like you're like, yeah, this is what it is. This is what happened. I've seen some interviews where you kind of just like, about <laughs> <laughs> the relationship. It's, it's kind of sometimes like, hold on, babe, like. I know some people are like you you telling to you giving out too much information like you're gonna scare him off but he knew who I was when he rolled up on me okay he came, he came for me for two years you know he was he was circling my camp for a minute trying to see what's <laughs> up so he already knew what it was I told him off the get-go you trying to mess with me you know I'm very open and honest I don't know if you you seem like you a very private person so you might not want to be bothered with me I don't even date this will be my like first time person this is my first time dating somebody in the industry like this. Like you, you, you might just want to be the side, you know, a little jump off or something like that. He talking about he want a relationship. Oh, okay. Well, just know how I get down. Um, I'm, if somebody asked me, I'm gonna tell her. <laughs> Especially with all the way I can just imagine because you back. This was when I first got into radio. I had a little crush on Common. I remember we interviewed him. I was like super young in radio, mm -hmm. and uh, and I was like. Oh my gosh, we're interviewing Common today. And the one thing that I remember, and he laughed, I just remember singing his song. I was like, there are times. <laughs> and you just bust out. I was like, 
are you dork? Hilarious. <laughs> but you guys are so um, super cute. And I really appreciate you for taking the time out today. One thing, you know, I'm a DC girl. Okay? Right, right, right. DC. She ready. And uh, you had a go-go song pop up. And I was like, what Tiffany Haddish know about go-go and working with Rich Harrison? I was just like, man, Tiffany Haddish. You, you might need to turn the camera on on that one, girl, because I know. I know about that go-go, okay? That fried beans and pork and rick. Don't get me started, okay? Don't get me started. Hey. No, I was like, what Tiffany Haddish know about go-go? Who told you about go-go? When did you uh, learn about go-go? I learned about go-go in 1995. Um, okay. I, I uh, had me a little boyfriend for about two months. He came to my he was my boyfriend for two months. He was brand new to the school. Mm -hmm. And then when he found out I was the school mascot and he was carrying my bags for me. Mascot. I was the school mascot. Now I was it makes sense why you be dancing. <laughs> yes. Now I know how to turn the party up. I know how to turn the party up. And yes. so when, when he found out I was a school mascot, he basically um, broke up with me because he did not like that the other dudes was calling him assistant mascot because he started getting popular. <laughs> He got popular because he was with me. Because I started telling everybody he's right. my boyfriend. This is my boyfriend. I finally got a boyfriend. I got a man. I got a boyfriend. And he dumped Ooh, me. With the mascot. But he taught me about go-go music. And I was just like, I was there for it. I love it. I'm here for it. And then when Rich oh, Harrison man. came about, I, I heard the track. I said, man, I got to get on this. And, and we yeah. love it. We love it. Because I, so I do be doing too much. I do be doing too much. But <laughs> too much. it's. But it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> we have fun. And then we have things to talk about later. Yes, yes. Well, Tiffany, all I have to say is thank you so much. I'm wishing you, like, all the success. If you are ever looking for a comedy show writer, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I, I got ready. you. Um, and DJ Face is going to take us out of here with your song, boo. All right. Song. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> Let's go. go face. DJ Face <laughs> in the building. <laughs> yeah, yes, Victoria on the page. She ready. Yes. Oh, you got to turn that up, Face. Hit the ground, work it out. And yeah, that president, yeah. Thank so you. All right. You. Now I got to go talk to these foster kids. Keep them out of jail. I'll see you later, girl. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.